Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back. Hope you've had a good week and that you enjoyed last week's episode with Tony. And I have to say his thrive connect and contribute really resonated with me and it's definitely something that I've been thinking about and I think today's episode is also going to give you a lot of takeaways and I've really been thinking about my bucket list uh, because we're joined by Trav the bucket list guy who will introduce himself in more depth in a moment but I watched his YouTube video which we'll link to and I'll be sharing on social media as well and I had a think through the blueprint and started putting together my bucket list. And this week has sort of turned into a themed week, accidentally. Uh, So if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see that we've got into a pattern of sharing specific things on specific days. So obviously Wednesday, the podcast comes out. Tuesday, I share a blog post, which is just what I've been thinking about that week. And Monday, I try and share a little bit of Monday motivation or inspiration. And this week's post on Monday was about gratitude and thinking about what we've gained rather than what we've lost. And then I continued that theme into the blog post and really thought about what I had gained from this experience. And this is an idea that that Trav mentions about thinking about what we can take out of this experience and what we have got from it. So uh, it's a bit of an accident <laughs> that this is the, the theme, but gratitude is something that we've talked about before. And I would absolutely recommend if you don't have a gratitude practice, thinking about adding something in because spending that little bit of time I like to do in the morning, thinking about things you're grateful for, it really does set your mindset for the day. And we tend to see more and Uh, find more examples of whatever we're looking for because the brain's got a bias to how it works and it's that classic example I think I might give this in the interview of you get a new car and you see that car everywhere because you're attuned to it in some way so by spending a little bit of time thinking about what you're grateful for you're attuning to that way of feeling and appreciating things so this week is gratitude week so I really would encourage you to think about what you're grateful for. I was speaking to someone in the week a potential podcast guest in the future and they've gave an example of a business leader in Japan like one of the top businessmen and every day he lists a thousand things he's grateful for which is just (laughs) just sounds like such a I mean, he must spend all day being grateful. But I suppose as he set that challenge, he is always on the lookout for things to be grateful for. And not only does he feel, I guess, happier and and more fulfilled in himself and more positive, but he's had this massive success in business. So it really does spill out into other areas of your life. So absolutely, I would recommend that you try that. And I really hope you enjoy this interview with Trav sharing his philosophy, his bucket list philosophy of life. And I'll check back in with you afterwards. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Psyche Podcast. And I'm really excited to welcome this week's guest, Trav, to the podcast. So welcome. And if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, g'day Hannah. Uh, yes, obviously from Australia. Um, that's why we say g'day on, in every sentence possible um yeah i'm from melbourne australia or about an hour and a half um, out of melbourne down at a coastal town called ocean grove and the southern part of australia um uh, for the last 10 years i've been running around the world as the bucket list guy and i've been primarily a keynote speaker uh and helping coach one to many from the stage um, prior to that, I was a founder franchisor of a chain of personal fitness training studios around Australia. So first it was helping people you know, through PT and now it's sort of more PD or personal development. So 
someone called me the bucket list guy about 10 years ago after, you know, I did a, well, not in relative terms compared to what I do now, a not so good seminar, <laughs> a public <laughs> event. I was so scared. And then, um, but at the end of it, someone called me the, the bucket list guy and, and it kind of went home, registered the domain name from there. And, and it's all been, yeah, I've been staying that lane ever since. It's funny, isn't it? How someone maybe just captures something in a word or a term and you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. that that completely sum, sums it up. Before we kind of dive too much into that, I will just um, apologise if my accent as we're talking starts to get a bit of a twang because a couple of years ago I went to Australia, that was the first time since I've come back I keep getting asked by people occasionally if I'm Australian or from Australia. I can't put really? on the accent, yeah I can't put on the accent but sometimes it just comes out. So I apologise now. <laughs> I'm not in any way <laughs> trying to copy. Now it's I'm just... now I'm searching for you to say mate or g'day or oh. shrimp on the barbie or whatever the <laughs> hell we say. I can't do it. There was one word that I said that I just couldn't say it um, without saying it with an Australian twang. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. Um, so just apologise now for that. <laughs> so, um, and you kind of uh, now you describe yourself as a bucket listologist, which. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's well it, it is it's very very fancy i had to do 20 years of phd no i didn't um <laughs> the uh no it was it's a fun poke at what i do is is look essentially i uh, i went through a bout of depression myself and i um found myself in personal development seminars and self-help and you know, hugging it out and high-fiving it with strangers and walking on fire and breaking boards and bending bars and, you know, um, crying my shoulder, you're crying yours and, and that sort of personal development stuff. And I, I, I kind of self-healed in a way through, through doing a lot of this stuff, probably like a lot of people that you know. And it was, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I went through that sort of confusion before clarity kind of moment because, you know, some stuff went, went sort of sideways in my life um, there for a period of time and I found myself in a pretty dark place. And at the end of the day, I um, I was like, you know, I had that big epiphany, oh, what do I really want to do? You know, if I had that, mo if I had my time again, what would I really want to do? And I kept coming back to, um, you know, speaking and helping people via the stage, going online, being able to, you know, run everything, like Richard Branson style, run everything from a hammock because I had these big, you know, this other business, gyms, it was bricks and mortar kind of businesses all around Australia. And it was a big overhead. And I just wanted, you know, about that time, I read the four hour work week, you know, by Tim Ferriss, and I just wanted to go online. And, and so I guess all the stars aligned and, and helped me make that decision towards the bucket list guy. And then as a poke of fun at myself, I, um, it was kind of like a life philosophy, I guess that I, you know, cause the bucket list guy is very, congruent to who I am it's a reflection of my own values so I you know we've we've since written a white paper around the bucket listology um the the real foundation of this whole bucket list philosophy which is what we call in bucket listology is positive psychology and that is helping helping people through this filter of bucket list helping people find and experience more meaning more purpose and more fulfillment in their life you know so they can live a regret free life rather than a regret full life so rather than just be it about helping person write a list and then going and doing it before they die it's a really it, we've carved out quite a philosophy about the whole thing and, and to help people kind of wake up before they get given a use by date and help people live life on purpose and which a lot of people aren't I did a TED talk a few years ago, and I said that one of the one of the, the quotes that get that gets quoted quite a bit is "People are dying at 40 and being buried at 80." You know, we really got to help people. I guess see the forest from the trees, and a lot of people are stuck in the matrix. And right in the middle of this coronavirus crisis, the coronavirus cyclone that we find ourselves in right now, you know, I think it's actually done. It's going to do us some good. It's going to help everyone take a big, deep breath in and recalibrate, right? I don't know if you know people that are doing that right now, but they're innovating, they're adapting, they're radically collaborating with each other. And as a result, it's allowing people to really do a re-evaluation. If you asked me this about that last, you know, in the last two weeks, it would have been a very different answer. I think everyone's coming out the other side in a more positive note, hopefully. 
But the bucket listology sort of is kind of related to all of that, helping people find more more fulfillment in their life, experience more fulfillment in their life. Because we know that, you know, the amount of uh, depression, anxiety, and this thing called the loneliness epidemic is upon us now. And this was already a massive issue before the coronavirus. So mm. I guess I'm doing my little bit. Mm. It's interesting because I've been starting to think about, and I hadn't really started getting it down in, in a bucket list type formation, but suddenly when we can't go out and we're at home, even though it wasn't about to hop on a plane and go traveling, suddenly the fact that no. we can't, you're like, oh, what are all those things I want to do that I've just been yeah. kind of putting off? And, and I really like you said that it's a philosophy. It's not just having that checklist of, oh, I'm going to jump out of a plane, tick, that's done. Mm. It's it's about mm. changing, I guess, our life experience so that... And, and choosing happiness. Yeah, choosing happiness. Yeah. And, and for those that watch the TED Talk, they'll see me introduce and unpack a concept that I've come up with um, some, some years ago now called the Mind Bucketless Blueprint. It's a 12-step acronym for how to write a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list. And the T at the end of the whole thing, T stands for travel. Travel is only one of the 12 components. It really helps mm. people go north, south, east, west and in their own brain and extract and articulate a personally meaningful and holistic list. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it gets people really thinking and it gets people to think in, and I, I guess cement uh, more of a concrete why, mm. you know, for why they're doing what they're doing, why they're in their job, why they're earning money, you know. And I, when, I, when, when people do this for the first time, it opens up the whole, it gives them a whole other, set of glasses to look at their at their life through which is really cool yeah because i i like you um you sort of say the bucket list is a, a tangible life plan so that your career and your business within that should fit into that life plan it shouldn't it shouldn't be this yeah. kind of working to live it should be all within that i guess that purpose that you that you were saying yeah yeah totally and other people have called me called me a, a work a work life blend expert and yeah the quote the quote, uh, a bucket list is, I believe, is a tangible life plan. When done in the right way, not just about travel, but when done in the right way, where our career plan or our business plan it should fit into our life plan, not be the other way around, you know. And so that really hits home, you know. When, when you go and speak to large audiences around the world and coach people around this concept, it helps them really compartmentalise what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, ultimately our jobs, and I speak to a lot of entrepreneur groups and a lot of from founders to C-level executives to, to all sorts of people in employment and in different careers and in different businesses. But what it does, it helps people compartmentalise what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis to, to help them realise their job, their career, their business should, should do two things and two things only. Should spit out the cash flow and also the time flow for them to do the things that they truly want to do. Problem is the money and the time is the end point for a lot of people, but they don't know what to do with it when they get it. Mm. But when you create this more tangible life plan, it helps people get on with the job. It helps people make decisions faster. It helps people get off the fence, fail forward faster and to go after the things that they truly want to go after. So it helps them to build their businesses quicker. It helps them to go after opportunities within the work ecosystem more so. It helps them sell better. It helps them, you know, just get on with it because they realise that life is way too short not to. And so if we're out there giving people a sense of hurry up, then that's great. And when I do the public speaking stuff, it's like giving people a virtual cancer diagnosis, as harsh as that sounds. And quite often people come back to me and say, you know, thank you for giving me permission to dream again. Like, really? Wow. You know, mm. what kind of a world we're living in? It, see, people are so busy being busy that they're so busy on their, on their to-do list, but not on their bucket list. And when they get an opportunity to hang out with me or, or one of our coaches that we've got around the world now, we help people separate their to-do list from their bucket list. Because right now it's swimming up in their, in their head, you know, all together, not written down. Uh, and guess which one gets done first on a day-to-day -day basis? It certainly isn't the bucket list. Mm. It's the to-do list. 
until something traumatic or dramatic happens to them or a loved one, suddenly they reprioritize in a heartbeat. I want to just help them before they get that kind of wake-up call. Mm. I suppose thinking about Sakrona, like we just said, this is in some ways a big collective wake-up call, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And it's um, the amount of people that, are, that I'm coming across now that are, are really re-evaluating, it's great to see. My fear, though, is that we'll go back to being sheep really quickly. We'll go back into what was normal. Again, I just hope that some of these things that we're radically adapting towards stick. Mm. You know, will people realise, will companies realise that really we, we can have people working from home and it's somewhat seamless? Do we need these big office buildings that we're paying ex- extraordinary money for on these big leases? Do we need them? Do people want to work more flexi time, less in the matrix, more in this work-life blend kind of kind of way of, of looking at life. Um, hopefully some of these things stick. I don't know, but I, I know that some people are making some big decisions right now. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Some people are still really, really scared though too. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it is, that's um, a natural part of it, isn't it? The uncertainty. Yeah. And this is something I was, um, I've been reflecting on this week, that life is always uncertain. But we just kind of go along and we, it, it's like we forget that fact. Yeah. We feel like we have some sense of control. And suddenly it's like front and centre, you have to come to terms with actually life is uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. we've just, I think, tricked ourselves into thinking, oh, life's just, yeah, I'm in control. It's all going to go exactly the way I want. Yeah. And in, in some ways, nothing has changed in that respect. It's as uncertain as it ever was. But we're just yeah. more consciously aware of it now. Yeah, I, I, um, the only constant that we have in our life is change, you know, mm. and people have got to get used to that. We, we've had to, it's gun to your head adaptation. You know, we've never been put under pressure like this before. And I hope, once again, that people are giving themselves a massive pat on the back because mm. they've adapted, they've innovated, they've created new avenues to help people in their, you know, through their businesses um, they've radically adapted to the online space. Whereas I know for a fact that some people had this in their one, two or three year business plans have made it happen in seven days. And now reflecting mm. on that going, what were we waiting for? You know, and, mm. and, and yeah, I, I just, once again, I hope some of this stuff sticks mm. um, and people are, are collaborating like never before. Mm. You know, which is fantastic, connecting in ways like never before. Here we are, Hannah, like we're doing this. We don't know each other before this. And we're, we're doing more and more of these every hour of the day. Mm. And I think it's fantastic. And I know, I know what I'm going to do coming out of this coronavirus cyclone. And I'm going to definitely make it stick and act with as much urgency as I have in the last couple of weeks as well. I think that's been a massive wake-up call for people that they can handle the pressure and they can do amazing things. Mm. I suppose that one to three-year business plan is that, I guess, that fear of that change or will it be successful or how to actually figure it out. And suddenly, yeah, like you said, that pressure is we've got to adapt or or else. And, And it forces us to be more creative, to be more adaptable. And then we achieve amazing things when we're, when we're under yeah. that pressure. I'll give you an example. Like I, I had a friend uh, literally launch his podcast this week. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, mate, I, I didn't know you were going to do a podcast. And he goes, I was going to do one next year, but I put it together in seven days. I did the artwork. I did the you know thing that I did all the bits and pieces that make up a, make up a podcast. He did it in seven days and he's just going, what the, what, what have I been waiting for? Massive realisation. And so I think that's fantastic. And I'll always see the, the, great, you know, the great things in people and hopefully they can too, that we have, we have a massive pool of potential that we haven't, as a society, we haven't tapped into. It's like back in my personal training days, anyone who came into one of our personal training studios We'd ask him to do 10 push-ups. No, no, I can't do 10 push-ups. I can't do 10 push-ups. I know that they can, just just haven't got the right technique down, Pat. They don't know how to 
you know, brace themselves, get their hands right, their shoulders position, and they haven't been spotted correctly and had their hand held, so to speak. So I know there's 10 in each person. They just haven't been shown the right way. Um, but mentally, they think, you know, they can only do one if, they, if they're asked to, or two at best if they're asked to. Maybe, you know, different from different people, of course. But I think that the world has shown people more of their own potential in the last few weeks, that's for sure. And hopefully people are realising that, that they can be, to, to unbelieve the story that they've led themselves to believe up to this point in time. Because mm. we know it's now, it, it's for, in some circumstances and situations that we've found ourselves in, thank you, coronavirus, that we can do amazing things when put under pressure. Let's trust ourselves more, I say. Mm. Yeah, I see. I hope that's a, a positive benefit that lasts. And mm. and I think you referenced the collaborations and connections. And I've definitely yeah. been connecting more with people for, for the podcast, but also more generally. And that's been amazing to talk to people that that I wouldn't normally have had the opportunity to and to get new perspectives on things and, and learn through those interactions. So I think it's mm. an amazing opportunity. So you've mentioned about having other coaches who are certified bucket list coaches and so I wonder how a bucket list coach is different to another type of coach that might be out there. Yeah well I guess there this is a, I guess a life coaching framework but without saying life coaching you know because life, mm -hmm. life coaching in itself is gets mixed feedback result you know um, life coaching is largely intangible but what we do is very tangible. We get a predictable outcome. And so um, what goes into certifying a bucket list coach after they do the training and they go and run programs, but it's all centered around the philosophy, you know, this bucket listology of helping people find more meaning, purpose and fulfillment in their life. Um, both for, from families to fortune 500 companies we do group coaching. We don't do one-on-one. -on -one. We use the social dynamic or the group accountability in order to get results. And so we coach our coaches up to do, to do a bunch of different programs, which help people really come together. It helps cultures within business. It helps people collaborate. And it also helps their family ecosystem as well. Even though we might do something at work or might do something for the, for the individual, we're essentially teaching positive psychology without going out there and saying that we're positive psychologists, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, the domino effect that, that the programs have is crazy. You know, it's crazy good. It really helps people be, you know, it's a really lesson in self-leadership to be a leader in their life, to prioritize themselves and to pay that forward to others. Mm. I think sweet. It is, uh, like domino effect or like the ripple effect that if you change in yourself then everyone that you interact with is going to feel the effects of that in all other areas yeah. of your life yeah yeah look people might think all right well it's a bit you know what how hard is it to help a person write a list and then going and doing it fact is that people don't create the space or have the time out to actually think you know think like this uh, to think clearer and when they do it in a group environment it's really really powerful it's more than just writing a list. It's, it's how a person and how our clients kind of reverse engineer every aspect of their life in order to make that stuff come to fruition. But more importantly, it's about identifying the growth of them on that journey towards that destination. But more importantly, it's about the them, the you that exists on the other side, the person that you don't know yet. And that's called our potential. And when a person experiences more of their own potential, it puts a smile on their face and that's what it's all about is helping people, you know, feel more fulfilled as a result and experience more fulfillment in their life as a result. Mm. And that, that new person or the, the new potential version of themselves that, that they become that, and I think this is the thing with any type of meaningful change is hard to achieve because there's things you have to unlearn. There's like limiting beliefs. So I'm going to give an exercise example and you're saying about the press-ups earlier so I was thinking about my mm. run that I had this morning and I am yeah. not, a run, not a runner at all it's the thing I tell myself I don't know who is yeah who is yeah, you know <laughs> and I'll tell myself that I have asthma it's a difficult etc etc and 
So this morning, I was like, and I watched a film last night. I was quite inspired. I was like, right, I can, I can do this. It's just, it's what, just in my head. Rocky, did, what did you rock, watch Rocky last night? Did you? <laughs> I went out for a run this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Not Rocky. But so all I did this morning, I say all, it was a big thing for me. I ran a mile and I was like, I'm going to try. I had like this route, a mile route. I'm going to run it without stopping and just see if I can because right. I've not done that before. I was like, um, and so, and I put off running because it's difficult and I get bored and I, you know, um, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I did. Yeah. I mean, my asthma is going to play up the rest of the day, but <laughs> I, I had that thing in my head that I can't do it. And all those limiting beliefs around why I couldn't do it. So on paper, like run a mile, maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal, but actually to get to that end point, was quite yeah. a process so it, you know people saying it's, it's just a list actually to embody that change is quite a difficult process yeah sometimes. look and i'll give you an example i i used to run an event called the bucket list experience i had a guy i had a guy come to that and he didn't want to be there he was basically dragged there by a friend um he was uh he was about 100 and, i think he was about 170 kilograms maybe even more like he was a big guy, a tall guy too. He's a teacher, alcoholic, um, depressed, and uh, he just did not. You know, was he didn't have a, a relationship going on, um, and you know, to catch up with him, he put a smile on his face. He'd do the polite thing, but you know, there was something going on, um, something deeper. Anyway, self-esteem wasn't that high, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he came to my event, and this is not just this is to illustrate the point. Um, and in my event, and what we do during the the, the some of the, the programs that the coaches run these days is we put people under pressure to act, you know, act on their bucket list, not just write it down, but action it. So, um, and with Cam, I'm like, mate, just look, it's a three day event. In day number one, he was meant to action something, didn't do it. Day number two, didn't do it. Day number three, I'm like, Cam, you're here. You've been here for three days, mate. Do something, just do something, just to make, just make me feel happy. In the break, in the lunch break, can you go and just action something? Just, just, just go crazy. Um, and so he's, all right, no worries. Went and got some food. I think it was like a can of Coke and a hot dog or something like that. I was shocked. And then he came back and he goes, look, I done it. Look, see my phone. I entered a five kilometer run. Whoa, dude, he wasn't a runner. Well done, man. Well done. I was expecting fully that he that he, he was gonna pull out. He wasn't he was gonna get a refund or just try and pull out of it because he wasn't you know overly positive about it. But anyway, his his friend caught wind of it. And something happened to, to Cam in that moment. You can see a, a little bit of glint in his, you know, a bit of shine in his eye. Anyone he went and did that 5k run. It was months later. He went and did that 5k run. Now what happened in the process, he actually trained for it. Um, he, he, he started sort of hanging around other, you know, other fit people that he knew of. He not totally got off um, the, the antidepressants, not totally got off the alcohol just yet, but he started the process. And as a result, he did the 5k run and when he finished the 5k run, it was called the run, run to the G. And when he come into the, the MCG in Melbourne, if you've ever, that's where we hold, you know, 110,000 people. And when you run to the G, you finished by doing a lap and you see yourself up on the big screen. So I went, I went to the event uh, to see if Cam had actually follow through. It was on a Sunday morning and he was in the participation t-shirt. He crossed the line. He's looking himself up on the big screen his his uh, friends and family were in the, you know, like in the in the stands, going, "What the hell is he doing? This is so out of character." He got the medal, big heavy medal, at the end of the five k run, and he was proud as punch. That day, without without anything, he said to himself, um, "All right, what's next? What's next?" On that day, he entered a ten k run. He finished the ten k run. Had, had totally like not totally got off off the drink, um, but he's definitely more positive. I think he'd started in a relationship, finished the 10k run. That day entered a half marathon. Ended that that day entered the full marathon. By this stage, off the drink, off the antidepressants, 
complete social circle. Now he's a marathon, big marathon runner. Had lost up to, uh, I think he'd lost 40 kilograms. It was a lot more positive to be around. At the end of the marathon, he ended the half Ironman. At the end of the half Ironman, no word of a lie, he entered the full Ironman. And I remember going, this is like two years later. I remember going uh, to the end of the Ironman in Melbourne and being what they call a catcher. These are people who are coming in really late at night with their glow sticks. And he was just walking the marathon, chafed all up and with a completely new set of friends, completely new job, off the alcohol, not depressed, no injuries, no nothing and completed a, completed a nine man. And that day, from entering the 5K run, never wanting to, to how the ripple effect just massively affected his whole life was just, I get goosebumps every time I tell it and every time I remember that story. As a result, Cam is now an Ironman. He went and even got the Ironman tattoo on his calf and everything, mm-hmm. you know, like, like he went next level and got the T-shirt, and, you know, and, and as a result, just so proud of him and how one little action can have a massive effect on every area of your life, Mm. relationships, health, obviously it affected his finance, you know, what he actually, he changed jobs, uh, you know, and everything in between. So Mm. cool to see. I've got too many examples like that around Mm. me over the, over the last 10 years, there's too many of these examples and that's why I do what I do Mm. because you never know when the next cam is going to pop up. Yeah, well, that's amazing to have, have so many examples like that of, of people that you've helped and you can see, like you said, that, that tangible result. And I suppose it's each one of those steps, they're achieving something they didn't think was possible and it's opening up what they think the, the limits of their possibilities are and, and pushing themselves. So, I mean, I've just run a mile. I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing an Ironman anytime soon, but who knows? in the future you never know like that's the thing like you know um i guess the reason behind telling that story is um now more than ever right in the middle of coronavirus people are are finding out new things about themselves people need to trust their potential Mm -hmm. and stop believing the story that you've led yourself to believe up until this point in time there's too many there is too many examples especially around me of where people have gone, you know what? That is a self-limiting belief. I know it's a self-limiting belief. I'm either conscious of it or unconscious of it. But at the end of the day, it's just a, it is just a story that you've led yourself. It's just a whole heap of things that have happened in your life and you've actually put meaning over the top of it and it's become part of your psyche. Mm. Pardon the pun. Pun intended. (laughs) So, so... It, but that that's the thing. There's too many examples of where people have just gone, you know what, screw it and, and, and gone for it. So who's to say that you can't? So obviously, and we'll get to at the end where people can find you if people want to, yeah. to do the full blueprint. But is there just like a quick takeaway that you could give people without giving away all of your secrets? <laughs> if someone's sitting and thinking, I really want a, a bit of that. I really want to change my life in that way oh look um look at the end of the day um you know it's pretty it's pretty straightforward people just have got to get some you know take some time out of your life to work on your life for starters you know and don't wait until you get given a use by date don't wait until you get someone you know someone else around you to get a diagnosis or or for you to get that traumatic slap for you to go and live your life you know like or recalibrate um, feel free, you know, if, if people want to connect with me, sure, do that. But also go go online and, and have a look at one of my uh, keynotes. Uh, have, have a look at my TED Talk. It's called Life's Too Short by Trav Bell. Um, I've got a mohawk in that. Um, anyway, that's a whole other story. The, uh, the, <laughs> that'll give you some real, and it has helped a lot of people as well. So that'll that'll really give you a starter. But then, but then I'd like you to... I'd like people to do this with someone else so they can hold you accountable and you can hold them. Do it with your family, do it with your partner, but take time out of your life to actually write some stuff down. We've got a 42% more likelihood of things manifesting if we actually write stuff down. 42%. So you might as well just write it down. You're 42% closer to actually making it come to fruition. Mm. 
So, so guys, get it out of your head because as of the end of this podcast, you're going to pick up your phone. If you haven't already, you're going to go back into your do, to-do list. You're going to go back into your emails. You're going to go back onto Insta, you know, Insta crack or face, Facebook crack or LinkedIn or, you know, and just get distracted and then you'll come back to it later on. All right. So take some time out of your life to actually document, really think about the things that you want to do, not what other people do. Um, because, you know, we can talk about marathons. We can talk about skydiving. We can talk about summiting mountains and all that crap. And for a lot of people, that's on the other list that I haven't mentioned yet. That's on the fuck it list. Fuck that. You might want to fucking swim on it, but 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 that's so we've got we've got three lists, right? We've got a future bucket list, we've got also a reverse bucket list, which is a bit of gratitude exercise as well. What have you done in your life as if it were on a bucket list all the way along? And in the middle, we've got a bucket list. That's all the stuff that you hear about that other people want to do, and you just go, that I don't want to ever do that. So um, <laughs> so you can, have, you can have three lists. It's not just about the future. It's not just about the past. It's about the things that you don't want to do. And that actually makes it clearer about the things that you do want to do. Mm. I know one that's on my bucket list, which is one of you know, the bungee things. Bungee that is swim. terrifying. That I, is stupid. I'd rather, you know, I, I put bungee and skydiving, right? Skydiving is so much easier, I feel, than bungee jumping. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, was that. terrified when I did that. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not, not even gonna go there. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the ones one of the ones that I've got coming up, Hannah, is scares me even more. Uh is called it is a stand up comedy gig. Ooh. It scare I'm a public speaker. It scares the shit out of me. So and no, I'm not telling anyone when it when it's gonna be. I'm not gonna tell it where it's where it's gonna be. Because I, the last thing I want, I want is a drunk, you know, drunk bunch of friends who are heckling me, that make it even worse. So, anyway, but we we've got to. I think it's really important because when we, you know, we have this thing called the midlife crisis. So I've already gone through. I think I've already gone through that. If you get a bit of grey in the beard, and I'm in my uh, mid forties, and and as a result, you know, we have this thing called the midlife crisis, and for a lot of people, we do get stuck in a rut. And um, we get the, the mortgage, the kids and everything like that. And I, I like to flip it and call it a midlife awakening. And so get really conscious about the other things that you want to do in your life. And, and don't be a sheep, you know. We, we go outside and we can see people who are just sleepwalking through their life. And so if we've got a chance to wake people up and uh, to be a, a real uh, positive influence uh, and, and practice this stuff, not just talk about it, but practice this stuff. I think you're going to be a better parent. You're going to be a, a better person to be around. People love doing business with you. You'll probably even get laid more. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are just listening going, oh, suddenly they wrote a note for the first time. Um, but <laughs> must, do bucket, must do bucket list. <laughs> um, but no, you, you're just around like, you know, you become, if you go out there and, and live this way, you just become more of an attractive person, you know, a, a better person to be around. Enthusiasm sells, doesn't it? Mm. But I think you can tell from people's energy when they're really just kind of living their life to the full and being kind of unapologetically themselves. Yeah. And you, even if you don't agree with everything they're doing, there is something about the energy that they give off. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And don't compare yourself against other people's. You know, as I was going to say before, is is do the things that you truly want to do, not not in comparison. If you're out there comparing, you know, we we're out there comparing ourselves. You know, what is it? We're all comparing our behind the scenes footage with someone else's highlights reel. You know, mm. Instagram and and all the other social media outlets. You know, that's just made it worse. We've even got this thing called the loneliness epidemic now. It's an epidemic. It's big. Mm. It's had an uh, social media has had an adverse effect. It's crazy. So um, tap into the things, and and it, you don't necessarily have to go out and show anyone. Like just go and do the things that you want to do, and be mm. absolutely heartfelt, congruent with who you want to be. Bucket. Mm. The number one regret in life, according to this book right here, the top five regrets of the dying, 
mm -hmm. right there is is the 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 top five the top regret is i wish i lived a life true to myself not what others expected of me mm. what does that say yeah yeah i mean i i know from myself that's something that i'm still not 100 percent free of but for a, such a long time that was such a big part of you know when are you going to give yourself decisions. permission well yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be like, I don't care what people think of me. <laughs> um, but I think some <laughs> of that is tied up with the self-esteem stuff. And I think I needed to get to a pretty good place Look, in myself first. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. We all, we all care about what other people think. And those that go, oh, I don't care what other people think, they're, they're bullshitting themselves. Because public humiliation and embarrassment is a driver for all of us. Um, no, no matter what. Um, but we, but over time, the more you step into yourself, the more you're vulnerable, you're more congruent to your values, you're more congruent to yourself and what you want to do. The more you step into it, your direct correlation, um, you, you're basically building what I call the, I don't give a fuck muscle. Mm. And, and over time you do more of this stuff, the less you care about what other people actually think. And I think that's where social media is actually can be, can be a great tool for us to be our true, the true version of ourselves and um, putting ourselves out there more and more, not in a narcissistic way. I think we're all narcissists to, to and, and this has made it work, made, it, made us worse, but, but using the platform to be yourself, put yourself out on camera more, get yourself out on podcasts more do your own podcast like you're doing Hannah you know like I I, I don't doubt that you're doing this for other people but mm. we're also doing it for ourselves it's quite a cathartic it's kind of, it's a very cathartic outlet and so is speaking so is coaching same thing yeah yeah so that's I, I love yeah the 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 quote that you read out the uh the way it was, was summed up there. So it's definitely something um, I'm going to try and remember more of. So um, <laughs> I've got some questions I ask everyone that comes on and I'd love to hear Please. your thoughts on these. So my first one, I so we talk a lot about joy on the podcast and, and having those moments of joy. And so I'd love yeah. to know what always boosts your mood or what brings you joy in your life? What brings me joy? Um, good question. Um, Having inspiring conversations, surfing, riding my bike with my mates in the mornings, I haven't been lately, uh, hanging out with my family, hanging out with my kids, people watching in, uh, in faraway corners of the earth, having a coffee in the morning as well, seeing, you know, seeing the, the sunset, seeing the sunrise, as cheesy as that sounds, but, um, me and my partner Tracy, you know, we really, you know, cherish cherish those moments together. And hanging out with the kids is uh, is awesome. And uh, and so yeah, it's uh, all all of those things. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough, not lucky enough. I I uh, designed my life years ago how I wanted it to go. To a certain degree, I was living by default rather than by design, which a lot of people are doing. So. I, I did this exercise a few years ago called the typical perfect day. And, um, and um, yeah, it, it's a being more pragmatic towards, towards how I wanted my day to go. Um, and I'm getting, you know, closer and closer and closer to that. And that's, that's the kind of day that gives you happiness. So I've got a great house here overlooking the ocean. It's awesome. Awesome family, you know, health is good, all that sort of thing and hanging around doing the thing that I, that brings me a meaning as well. That leads perfectly. Enjoy. Yeah. That, well, that, that leads perfectly to my next question, which is what makes life meaningful for you? So just perfectly. All the above. All the above. There you go. <laughs> so uh, we're, we talk a lot about mental wellness on, um, on the podcast. So I have sure. two questions around this. So what does mental wellness mean to you? And how do you look after your own mental well-being? Great questions. Um, and, and I've been speaking about this a lot lately. 
Uh, for me, I work from home, even though I've got a, a, a tribe of coaches. What do we got? Coaches in 18 countries now, and I play. Uh, I, I, I'm a professional speaker as the bucket list guy, and also founder CEO of Bucket List Coaches around the world. But my my team is uh, remotely working in different parts of different parts of the world. Um, so I'm working from home by 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 design. The going on to the answers are sort of or using the answer that I just gave is designing your day um, is so important. You know, how you wake up, how you launch into the day through to how can you keep yourself on track doing the things that, that are congruent to your highest, your highest um, contribution and then how do you go to bed at night. What you do on a on a day to day basis, on a play by play, on a half an hour by half an hour, even fifteen minute by fifteen minute, <clears throat> you can design all that. No one's saying you have to, you need to, you must, you should. You can actually have a choice over that and design how you want your typical perfect day to go. Now, in that is time for the things that give you fulfillment, um, for meaning gratitude all right for instance mental well-being all right um all right five gratitudes every single night before i go to bed now i do five three is really easy but five is you've got to switch on another chemical in your brain in order to make that switch and me being me i've got the monkey mind always going throughout the day i need something to do that pattern interrupt that really helps obviously meditation is a big one I kind of meditate when I exercise as well. I meditate when I go for a surf. I went for a surf today. I went for two surfs yesterday. Um, and that in itself is meditation. Cycling is another another way to, you know, get away from it all. Right now I'm talking to you and I've got my phone not facing me. So I don't have any notifications coming through. I never do. When I choose to do emailing, when I choose to go on Facebook or Insta or one of these I choose when I wanted to. So no more. I, I, that was actually the biggest hack ever um, to actually turn off notifications. I use uh, old school, old school 90 day diary. This, this is a really cool system, full focus planner by Michael Hyatt. So that's 90 days. So I get off devices and I actually write down stuff in here. No more auditorium of freaking post-it notes going on. Um, but as a result, these are little things, you know, the exercise, eating well as well, um, fueling my body, yeah, exercising, being, uh, trying not to multitask is another thing that, that uh, really works. Doing my to-do list the night before, looking out after three MVPs, three MVPs that I want to achieve every single day and time blocking those tasks, most valuable priorities. That's what that stands for. Um, Ensuring that I'm using my time wisely. Now, these are all things that contribute to my mental well-being. You know, all this productivity hacking, biohacking to a certain extent, um, all contribute to my mental well-being. And making sure that I'm as present as I possibly can be to one thing at a time. This whole multitasking thing can really screw people up. Mm, it really yeah. does. And that's actually not just me saying that that's, that's statistically proven. Yeah. So mental wellbeing is so, you know, and it's also when you, when you've been smashed a few times and, and you've had your back up against the wall, um, your ability to bounce back is so much better too. So um, I'm trusting in myself a lot more to, to make good um, that I can get through this. There's always a rainbow after a storm. Mm. and it sounds like from that that obviously you are sort of scheduling in your day the things you're oh, going to the other and... thing the other thing I'll, I'll put one last thing there is also ask for help and delegate mm. yeah drop ego and ask for help and mm. and and that's where the hardest thing as a business owner um the hardest thing to say and and to, to the hardest thing to say in business is please can you help me mm. Because we all think we've got this misconception of what an entrepreneur is, and we all have to, put, you know, we've got to put the cape on and do it all ourselves. No, mm. no, yeah. that's not how to go. Yeah, I think that's you know, true in general life as well. That asking for help can can be really difficult. 
but I think um, what you're saying there, the, the kind of scheduling and you're, you're putting things into your day that the things like exercise and, and I guess time with your family, those things are important. But by having that focus of devices off and, and um, not multitasking, you're actually, the time that you are working is more productive and you're probably getting through a lot more than if you just had eight hours and you were just kind of all over the place. You've got to have these routines schedule, you know, schedule. I live and die by my, by my schedule. Um, and my partner, Tracy, I love it a bit. And, and she knows if I've got too much white space in my schedule, something, something will creep in there. That's not too good. Um, so keeping myself, I know I've got to keep myself busy um, and, and, and overcommit sometimes. And, but that's how I operate best. And so, but I'm, I'm talking when I schedule stuff, I'm a real schedule freak. Like, all right, you know, just before getting on here, did some exercise, home-based exercise with the kids. Um, so, you know, it's when, you know, when I exercise, I'm, I'm on. When I'm, you know, uh, doing a piece of work, then I'm on. When I'm, uh, you know, having coffee with, with uh, Tracy, you know, like I want to be as present as I possibly can. Um, but we're all a work in progress, you know, mm. uh, I'm not saying I'm perfect or got it completely wired, but I think the most valuable commodity that we've got these days is our attention. So being aware of where your attention is at any given point in time, being conscious of that is so important too. Mm. All right. And that, that's, that's where you can be really present, you know, present brings you gratitude um and gives you a sense of that control that you're talking about when you've got control mm. that certainty around your day and how you're spending it um can bring you that you know that sense of clarity and that sense of mental well-being mm. and that being really present with the people in your life and really being there has got to deepen the quality of those relationships because you're not yeah. distracted or on your phone you're really there with them in the moment. One of the coolest things I heard, one of a great quote that I heard years ago was kids spell kids spell love T I M E. Mm. Mm. Something in that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> Not the most smooth transition to my next question, but never mind. <laughs> so my next question is, and, and, and I think already we've, um, you've alluded to this a lot, um, but I always ask people to try and describe their own mindset. Frantic. Frantic. Then frantic and then um, extremely inquisitive and curious. Mm. Yeah, I love finding out new things and setting little projects for myself. And um, so extremely curious. Um, and uh yeah always looking always looking for um a hack of how to do things better uh more efficient and more efficiently mm. but yeah. when i get up in the morning i'm just like i'm on it yeah doesn't stop it's always been that way and do you find because frantic is an interesting word for the first one so do you think having that really clear structured day helps to kind of focus that Kind of frantic yeah, it, channel, it, it channels you, you know, and, and I love the book by Grant Cardone. Uh, it says, be obsessed or be average. And what he, what he says in there is it's okay to be obsessed about everything. Like mm -hmm. there's no concept. You think of the concept of uh, work-life balance, for instance, work-life balance is absolutely bullshit. Nothing ever balances. If you're, if you're obsessed about something mm -hmm. true, like, mm -hmm. And there's balance means there's 50, 50. There's an equal weighting of, of each thing that never happens ever. It's a complete bullshit term that we throw around um, to make ourselves feel better, but it just doesn't work. So throw mm. it out, throw it out and be obsessed about everything and just, just time block for those time block those obsessions. Mm. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose if you're, um, your career or your work is part of that life plan and if it is something that you're obsessed with or passionate about then it's it's not the same as having like a nine to five that you have to force yourself to to go to you're already excited no. by what you're doing 
Okay, so is it like if you're trying to form a new relationship, yeah, is there any balance in doing that, or are you just trying to get to that relationship and make that make that work? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's amazing what has, what we put ourselves through in order to make that work. There is no balance. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to grow a business and you've got a startup, there is no balance. You know, it quite it's 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 if you're trying to you know, go after something, you know, athletically or, or to lose weight or to get to a certain level in something, you know, there is no balance. It doesn't make sense. So it's people only carry on about balance and, and balancing all aspects of their life when they're trying to multitask. If you don't multitask in say an hour block of time, if you don't multitask, you only do one thing, You'll, uh, I, I can, I can guarantee that people will will uh, be successful in a lot more areas in their life if they actually just concentrate on one thing and one thing only for that for that a lot of time. That's definitely something I need to take on board because I'm quite a multitasker. So. No, it's this, ba- yeah. it's this like weird fucked up badge of honour that we've put out there that, that multitasking is actually a good thing. Mm. No, it's not. No, if yeah. you look at the research, all mm. the time, all the time hackers around the world who do talk about time management, um, it, it actually makes you it actually makes you more stupid, believe it or not. Yeah, and I mean, I taught psychology, so I know from a you know from that perspective, <laughs> but I still I still do it anyway. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and from a productivity point of view, it takes you tw- on average 23 23 to 35 minutes to get back to if you task switch task switch it takes you 23 to 35 minutes to get back to your original task mm. Mm. don't do it kids watch something, that distraction muscle yeah something to think about <laughs> so i always ask guests that come on to and, and i'm sure there is so much valuable stuff that people have already got out of this conversation but I ask guests to just summarize their top one to three tips that people listening can try out for themselves and, and like a toolbox. I quite like that idea that you can just kind of try the different tips and see what works for you. So do you have a top one yeah. to three things that you'd recommend? Oh, look, number one, go watch my TED talk. Um, go to my website, obviously, and, and you'll suss out, you know, what this whole bucket list concept is all about. And it's not what you think. So go watch that. Number one, put a pen, you know, put a pen to paper. Actually, write this shit down as well. Um, number two, look at look at designing a typical perfect day. Like I was saying before, look at how you want how you want your typical day to go from when you get up in the morning to when you go to bed at night. Um, also, start to make the firm decisions the hard decisions on what you truly want to have happen in your life you know the things that you want the people that you want and the kinds of kinds of experiences and the kind of work that you want to do look at all the things that you truly want to put into that typical perfect day and then the second make those hard decisions on modifying them on culling them totally getting rid of them deleting them um to automate them delegate them uh, or eliminate them because life is way too short true Mm, the time that we've got left it should not be taken for granted it can be cut short really quick we know that now more than ever so don't take it for granted this is everyone's life and don't get to the end and have regrets i always remember a quote and i can't remember who it was um who said this uh, oh, it might have been uh, Randy Pausch. I think he is a, a lecturer and he had... Um, yeah, last te- Yeah, yeah. And, and he sort of says, you know, he's, he's never regretted the things that he did, just the things that he didn't do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you, go. You, you don't get to the end and think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that or said that. You yep. regret the things you didn't do. So True, true. Yeah. Love to know how everyone goes with all that too. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So you've, um, my last question is always, how can people connect with you online? So obviously you mentioned your TED Talk. If you could just remind us the title and um, yeah, your website. It's, and- it's, called Life's, it's called Life's Too Short by Trav Bell. That is mm-hmm. I. Um, if people put in the bucket list guy 
or my name, Trav Bell, they'll probably find me on the socials. But um, for, for ease of use, uh, go to Instagram, which is bucketlistguy.travel, um, the bucket list, Trav Bell, the bucket list guy, I think on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Or people can email me, Trav at thebucketlistguy.com. Um, okay. That's my main website, thebucketlistguy.com. So check it out. And what else have we got? Um, bucketlistcoach.com if people want to be a coach. Awesome. And we can definitely put links in the show notes cool. so people can find you easily from there. Thank you so much, Trevor. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I feel uh, inspired to sort of obviously watch your TED talk and, and to think about my own bucket list. Also a little bit that I need to stop um, with my uh, multitasking and some of those not helpful things. Um, but, you know, I've really enjoyed talking to you and, and it's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. And an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Apes. So one of the things that Trav mentioned is this pandemic of loneliness. And this is something that even before we were in lockdown, people were starting to talk about. And my town actually has a campaign that they'd started to try and reduce loneliness because it can have such a big impact on mental health and on other health outcomes. And so they had trained up people within the community to have conversations with people to try and relieve some of that loneliness and to foster this sense of connection. Now, obviously, with lockdown, I'm not sure how or if that has adapted. But I, I wanted to share an extract from a, a book. And this is something that I've wanted to share for a while about loneliness, but I hadn't really found the right episode to share it within. As loneliness has been mentioned, I think uh, it's the right time. And so this is from a collection of essays and stories by Marina Keegan called The Opposite of Loneliness. And it's actually part of the essay that she wrote called The Opposite of Loneliness that I'm just going to share. So she writes, We don't have a word for the opposite of loneliness, but if we did, I could say that's what I want in life. It's not quite love and it's not quite community. It's just this feeling that there are people an abundance of people who are in this together. And I think at the moment, even if we are feeling disconnected and feeling isolated because of this need to socially distance ourselves from others, I do think that there is this real sense of togetherness that we are all in this together. And so maybe that's part of the opposite of loneliness. And there is some comfort in that in knowing we're all in this together and that we will get through it together. So I just wanted to share that because I love Marina Keegan and her writing. Um, I also wanted to share some exciting news on the psyche front uh, with two things that are happening this month. Um, and also one thing that has happened. So I did a impromptu webinar sharing my top seven well-being tips and they're from my personal experience plus drawn from the experience of all the guests that have been on the podcast and so that is available via our website if you pop on there you can join our mailing list and you'll get sent out a link to watch the webinar and I'd love to hear what you think of it. I'm also on the 18th of May launching my first online course and it is a six-week program group coaching type program which is all about reconnecting with yourself and this is something that I've talked about before about my own personal journey of just not feeling great about myself and completely losing myself and feeling stuck and just adrift and I mean I can think about <laughs> lots of reasons why that might have possibly been and a lot is from that people pleasing and that external noise from other people and just losing myself in that in that mix and the first step on my well-being journey was really reconnecting with myself and trying to find myself again so this six-week course is all about that and again information on my website about the course and I'd love to work with some of you through that and support you on your well-being journey as you take these steps to feel better about yourself and then the last thing I want to share and this is a collaborative thing with there will be some familiar faces, but I am hosting a virtual well-being event called Boost Your Well-Being. 
which is over the weekend of the 30th and 31st of May. It's going to be online. We're going to be raising some money for Mind and Samaritans, which are two of the charities, the mental health charities that I've talked about before on the podcast. And there's going to be lots of guest speakers. And we're really looking at well-being in a four-pillar type approach. So physical, emotional, spiritual, and social well-being. And we'll have speakers under all of those headings. So familiar faces, we're going to have Jess Critchlow from Light Up Work joining us to talk about confidence in the career space. And Natalie Christina will be joining us to talk about relationships. And we also have a lot of other great guests who will be on there. So I would really love to see some of you there. Again, information will be on social media and on the website about those. So I really hope that you have a good week. And if you take anything away from this, just think about that gratitude. What are you grateful for? What have you gained from this whole experience? And what what are you going to take away from it? What are the positives for you? So I, I am grateful that you're here, that you've listened through the podcast, that you've got to hear. And I just really appreciate our listeners and the support I receive from you. So I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll be back next week, next Wednesday with another great episode.